All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to Make It Plain Wayne, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So for today's topic, let's just dig right into it. Why do men cheat? Why do women cheat? Why does anybody cheat? And I don't know when this might have happened to you. I mean, I know when it happened for me. And you just never forget it. It just never quite leaves. Um, Why did this person cheat on me when I was in high school and I thought I gave them the world and I thought I was I was good. I was I was being good. You know, I was doing good. I was being good. I was trying to do everything right. And they still stepped out. I heard all the rumors. You know, people were laughing at me and I, you know, had to move on. Or, or if you're that young lady that, you know, thought you were giving this young man the world or even, you know, you lost your virginity to him. You know, it's like, how can someone turn their back on you or deceive you? when you've given so much. And from my perspective, I am a straight male. I'm a heterosexual male. (laughs) So I don't know the gay or lesbian world. Um, I may have to defer to, uh, you know, family or, you know, my gay or lesbian, you know, friends out here and maybe do an interview to cover it accurately. Uh, Because what I do understand about the rainbow community is Coming out is a very difficult thing. It's a very difficult time. And you come out and whoever is around you at that time is is a part of that party. So if that's who you're dating and after finally feeling like you're accepted, they cheat on you. It's like, oh, man. So, yeah, it's um, it's my perspective. And to gain others, maybe I'll have to do an interview sometime soon. Um, I appreciate the feedback. I love the feedback. Um, Please like, share and follow uh, because I would love to engage with you all as much as possible. That's why I do this. Um, It's not about talking smooth and being slick on a a podcast uh, for me at all. It really is just connecting with people. And that's why I call it elevated friendship. Um, I want to be helpful. I want to be useful. And that's my drive. That's my goal. And so it, it really pleases me and it always helps me out uh, when I see that more people are listening, that more people are tuning in. So thank you for sharing and liking my posts. Thank you for sharing and liking my videos. Thank you for sharing and liking this podcast. And I, I continue to roll through and be even stronger and better in 2020. So let's get into this here. We have... Um, we have such an amazing topic here. It's so big. It's so controversial. Financially, it is a nightmare. I mean, I don't need to tell you that. But you just wonder, like, why did this person cheat on me? Now, for men, um, the way I explain us, at first, it's going to make us sound like complete soulless monsters. And then I'll start to fill everything in from there. But for women that cheat, or the girls that cheat, you know, in their in their 20s or even teen years. Um, I don't know about that. You know, I, I do know that as ladies do get older and you get more of a grasp on life um, for the women that do step out, 
not feeling appreciated and giving 110% and looking exactly the way you need to look when you need to look that way. And I mean, literally trying, trying and pushing to be as attractive and sexy as possible. And then still not even getting the, the thermometer up from your male partner, your mate. That's hard. Especially when you feel you're more intelligent, you're a stronger woman, you're a better woman, you're a CEO of a company, you've ran businesses, you've ran teams, you've done all these amazing things. And the man that says that he was going to love you for life isn't attracted to you. So what are you supposed to do in that situation? And you're great, you're wonderful, you're powerful. What do you do from then on out? So... For me, I'm not going to condone anything that causes drama, but I understand. Like, I really do. And, you know, guys are out there playing the field, having a ball. Maybe they wore their testosterone out. Maybe Maybe they need an injection. I don't know. But for me, it's it all starts with science. And Science is just a way of digging a little bit deeper into the next level of what we perceive as the emotional, mental, and physical world of male and female. Why are you doing that? Well, now we know we shouldn't take depression lightly because it's not just what we see from that person what they feel as a person and what they're thinking as a person, there is a chemical equation in their brain that a therapist, that vacations, that mentoring, that uh, a pastor or a therapist, whatever it is that you use to change that equation, and even ultimately with you know your therapist's medication, there is an equation that needs to be changed. There's something in there that needs to be uh, uh, blotted out and then, you know, filled in with the right characters. Any of you who love algebra or geometry or trigonometry, you, you know what I mean. And if you're a mechanic, if you've ever spent, you know, the weekend buying stuff from Menards and, you know, doing sheetrock, building anything, you know what I mean. And if you're coaching athletes and you're, uh, you know, you've got football, basketball, or a runner, and you've got this athlete that is amazing in one area, but in another, something's missing. You know what I mean. There is an equation in the brain for depression. That is chemical. That can be changed with or without medication. It can. I'm, this is not a not trying to pump up anybody or decrease anybody. It can change with or without. So the science of cheating, I think, should be understood and looked at first. Now, you can ask people why all up and up and down the street all day. But I feel like the, the science should come first. Stress creates a chemical in the body called cortisol, where mentally you start to think and process things different. Emotionally, you're stuck. In whatever things bother you more than the happiness. And then in your body, you start to lose sleep 
gain weight, and heal slower. And this all comes from stress. It's like, does somebody hit me? Is somebody beating on me? Is somebody like whooping me up in my sleep? No, that's stress. That's you. You did that. Now, there are circumstances around us. We'll dig into this. There are circumstances around us that do cause us to be stressed out, to take on more than maybe we should. And in turn, it it causes us to make bad decisions. And I feel like cheating is one of those bad decisions. And that's the thing. If you've ever had these questions, why did they do this to me? Or didn't I give them enough? Am I ugly now? Or was I ugly? And they just made me feel, you know, on top of the world. You, you, you have all these questions. And when they say, it's not you, it's me, please believe me, it is 300% true. It is them. So then you get to wonder, well, if it's, if it's not me, it's you, then why would you even date me in the first place? <laughs> and we'll, we'll speak to that a little bit later, too. I, I want to talk about the psychology of cheating as well. But you have all these questions you've asked and you want to ask these questions from this person. And my theory, and and I hate to be blunt and just say this up front, but I want to say this so it just kills a lot of distraction and confusion for you all. Ask the hard questions up front. Really. Ask the hard questions up front. If you've been dating for a month, you've been talking really good. Um, Now, as a business, this is just as a business decision, I'm not spending more more than a month of time on a contract or negotiating and talking to someone if I don't plan on doing business with them. When's the last time you went to work, whatever your job is, and looked at something for a month that your boss needed you to get done that day. So I'll fast forward. You marry that person. You're in a relationship with that person. You live with that person. You're going to be with that person every day. So I'm going to equate it to a bank account. You would want the money in your bank account every day, right? Well, how long would you want to stand outside of the bank and just look at the bank? That's not going to help you get any money. You got to set up a bank account you got to do direct deposit. You've got to get all this stuff working together for you. So just hovering around something and, oh, I don't want to set it off. I don't want to mess things up. I don't want to do this. I don't want to. Do... That's, that's really not an option because I tell you what is happening. While we are wasting time not finding accurate and specific ways to learn people, The people that are bad at many things are aggressive with getting what they want from these people that we want to date. So what I'm saying is ask those hard questions up front so that you can learn that person. Because the more time you take in beating around the bush, give someone that will destroy them in some way, mentally, physically or emotionally, it gives them more of an opportunity to get in because they're aggressive. If you know anything about people that are aggressive, they're good at getting in the door. 
Doesn't matter what they do when they get in there. They're good at getting in the door. So you need to be get you need to be good at getting things closed too. Being a nice guy or a nice woman isn't an excuse. If an invader broke into your home, you can't be nice to them to get them to get out. If they're if they have knives and they're coming after your family, being nice will not solve it. I'm not an advocate for, you know, a bunch of guns and NRA and everything, but I do understand when it's time to defend your family, you need to be smart and you need to be able. You need to be ready and nice will not do it. Beating around the bush will not do it. Like I said, people that are aggressive are good at getting in the door. It doesn't matter what happens when that once they get inside, they're good at getting in the door. So we need to be able to ask those hard questions up front and filter this person out. If you're going to sue them and get this giant paycheck and feel like they destroyed your life and you have to destroy theirs just to feel like an, an adequate human being and hate men or women for the rest of your life, don't you think you owe it to yourself to have some more strategic questions, to have some better questions up front? If you don't like eHarmony and Plenty of Fish and Matchmaker and all these online things, then you have more of an incentive. You have more of a responsibility to develop your own set of questions and, and things to ask people in the beginning. Because once we get rolled up into this relationship, you'll find that I found this. I've been married for 10 years. I'm still learning things about my wife and she's still learning things about me. But a lot of these things aren't bad surprises. They're, oh, I didn't didn't know you had a a second bank account. I didn't know you speak German. Well, I didn't know you speak Spanish. Hey, who was that guy you were talking to? He was your, what? He was a scuba diving instructor. You you take scuba diving? You took scuba diving lessons? Well, who was that woman you were talking to? Well, she was my... um, Salsa teacher. (laughs) You took salsa? Yeah, I didn't tell you. No, you didn't. So like, at first these things might seem trivial, but ask the questions. Science. This is just something I think everybody should do. You know, if you're bored, you know, take some time to do this. But the charts and graphs for marriages and divorce in each decade, you go back the last, um, you know, 50 years. Every time marriage goes up, divorce goes up. Every time marriage goes down, divorce goes down. It is a direct correlation that the way we feel <laughs> runs right alongside with one another. So the emotion, whatever emotion drives people into the love and bond to stand before God and get married is also driving them to get divorced at that same time. And when it goes up, the marriages and divorces go up. When they go down, the marriages and divorces go down. I'm not making this up. Go look it up if you want. And then you, (laughs) you just, you just got to wonder like what percent are a millennial? What percent? our baby boomer, what percent are, you know, of a certain age. And there's so many statistics and numbers out there 
that it will either terrify you or just bore you to sleep because some of this you already know. Some of this you like people have told you, you already know. And one of the things that I think um, that still kind of blows me away um, is pornography. Now, this is where I stand on pornography. Uh, while I think it is a creative way to keep your mind engaged and, uh, I don't know, try new things, learn new things. It is also equal to thinking that you can go out right now and be an NFL Super Bowl winning quarterback just because you saw it on TV. The whether you know this or not, the porn industry is just like any other industry. Now, film and TV and movies um, now, not theater, but film, TV and movies, they can cut different scenes. So when you see things in a porn that look amazing, if they cut away, these people go and have lunch break and the men and women will do whatever they need to get to their bodies so the guy can be rocked up or the woman can be ready, they'll go do that, take a lunch break and come back to the same room that they were in. That's why in a, a lot of times they can't really show um, windows and stuff like that because the scene, they might have to film it a couple of times, you know, and I think now because they're better, they can do that. But porn shouldn't be used as a second wife or a second husband. Porn should just be, you know, something that people glance at and it's like, oh, wow, okay, you know, whatever. But it's <laughs> it's deeply embedded in some of us, especially males, because it's where we took our curiosity. And there's some of our innocence, curiosity and sexuality has grown with the porn industry. So that's why in some cases, women won't understand how men are so locked in on this, but it's 75% male, 25% female. And men, please don't think that just because women are kind and sweet and sincere, they don't have a sex drive as well. Women love all the same thing that men love sexually. The difference is as men, we're so external. We're so external. And the woman walks around internal. I, I want to say 90, 80 to 90 percent of the day. <laughs> She's so internal and cerebral with her thoughts and love and emotions. And that's why I believe God gave the intelligence of the woman. Also. Along with the person that will mother children. I mean, come, be honest. When as a man, have you done what she does? With those little resources in motherhood, internal. And, and while we're on that, let me let me just stick to that here about the men being external and the women being internal. Now, this isn't science. This is just Wayne talking. This is just Wayne speaking. I'm going to make it plain. <laughs> so. In so many things, we are external. In the way we look and value sports, in the way we look and argue a thing out, um, sex is all external to us. 
there is nothing about men, in my opinion, where we see that sex is internal for us. It is all out. The, the climax ejaculation skeet is out. The, the energy that we throw is out. In the pornography, in the, in the films, when a man is about to, you know, skeet or whatever you want to call it, he pulls it out so that it launches out like a spray bottle or whatever you want to call it. And while this woman and her anatomy, the clitoris is right on the woman. It's right on top of the woman. Look at the anatomy, man. If you don't, I pray that you know. I hope you know. It's right on top of the woman. The G-spot is in on the opposite side, on the inside of the woman. So not only, <laughs> not only does the clitoris interact with what's on the inside, the G-spot on the inside interacts with that as well on the inside. And after making love, having sex, screwing, effing, whatever you call it, after that, if you're natural, raw, whatever you want to call it, that woman takes on the sperm that has been given to her inside her body. Things come together. Tubes, <laughs> ovaries, egg. It connects inside her body. For nine months, this woman's body is a garden of humanity. During those nine months, I ate at Five Guys and Red Robin and lifted and worked out. Out. I, I just used it again. I did all this stuff outwardly while my wife was pregnant inwardly. So we have we have such a, a drive and a notion to get things out. That I think for uh, for the most part, it always pleases and, and does something powerful for a woman to see that a man is connected to his heart, his emotions, his feminine side. And I believe this is why women love singers, because they're singing from the heart to your heart. I, I think this is why the men in country music are so successful and why the women aren't. It's like two to uh, uh, for every two male acts, there's only one female or for every three male acts, there's only one female. So you would think that female would promote females, but women don't want to hear another woman saying not all the time. It's more impressive to hear a man sing about his heart because he's showing what's on the inside. And you usually think that men don't men don't have a heart. They don't have an inside. Classic line from uh, Iron Man, one of the Iron Man movies, uh, Pepper Potts, after Iron Man had pulled the little device out of his heart that gave him all his power, uh, Pepper Potts wrote an inscription, an em embroidered inscription on that little uh, device that went into his chest, said proof that Tony Stark has a heart. You ain't never had to prove that a woman has a heart. As a matter of fact... During that time of the month, 
I think men all know if you love your wife, if you love this woman, if you've been around her long enough, you know that during that time, those emotions come out. You know she has a heart because that heart is going to be up, down, left, right, hold, up, up, down, left, right, hold, C and press start. <laughs> it's old school. Um, so that's just me talking. But as men, we are such outward creatures that we don't really develop the inward uh, man, the inward portion. Um, we, we use religion for this. We use psychology for this. Um, we use hip, hypnotism for this to build that inner man um, because women are all internal. So internal. You're the masters of internal. And I believe it's when we communicate well enough that we, we see each other. Um, we see each other a lot more clearly. Now, I am speaking from a heterosexual sense. So if you have a deep connection, um, woman to woman or man to man, then, I mean, high five. If you have that and you've learned that or some of this that you're hearing right now is helping you, you know, high five on that, too. So I don't know where you're at, but I do know that the science of how we're built and how our bodies are put together, it does cause a reaction. And it, it, the male anatomy is it's like funny to me because, like I said, we're outward. So our sexuality is outward. For a woman, it's in. If you think about the way a castle is built, the gate is put up in front to protect everything on the inside. You have the people in the kingdom. They're high, high citizens. You get a little bit further and it's more valuable. You get a little bit further inside and it's even more valuable. You get a little bit further inside and you have the royal family. And the woman is that kingdom. Try, <laughs> try to make it seem like she isn't. And I'll show you exactly where she is. And as a matter of fact, every time a woman has been put down and her body has been devalued, undervalued, I can go to a place and show you where people have flipped that the complete opposite. And a woman's body should never be devalued, never be taken advantage of. And innocence should always be intact. But for a male body, the head of the penis is always out towards something. <laughs> it's like an arrow always pointing at something, a gun always pointing at something. While the female anatomy is always intact and inward, the male anatomy is always out and ready. It only takes two seconds for us to be ready. So we're always out, we're always ready. It takes nothing for this man, the way he has been built, to be ready. This is what makes population such a funny thing for me. You let people just be people. No plan B, no pill, no condoms. If you let people just be people, we have kids running all over the place. This is what we're built for. We are built to have sex. We are built to be attracted to one another. We are built exactly for this. And the ease of it just proves my point even more. I mean, there might be a little bit of alcohol involved sometimes. There might be Valentine's Day that spurs the moment. Cologne, <laughs> there's pheromones. There is, you know, all these things that, you know, push us. And, and, and 
bring us to one another. But why? Like to really think and wonder why should be just as important as <laughs> I think the, the cheating questions and wondering why. So by now you gotta you, you gotta wonder, is he saying that it's in the male anatomy to cheat? In a way, yes, I am. I am saying that. On one side, the physical side, mating is the number one drive for our bodies. All the working out and and jumping and running and the eating, the food, the nutrients, all of that. I mean, it is not our number one goal and our number one desire, but at times it can be. It can flood our mind. And that's just the way we're built. So for me, instead of asking the question, why cheating and why are all men dogs and why do all men only just want one thing? Maybe we should be asking, why are you programmed to be like that? Or what are you programmed to be? And it just blows my mind. You, You have men that are hunters. They're in mating season from puberty almost to death. Some men, especially if men have died in their 60s or 70s, could have been sexually active all the way up till that time. Now, I don't know what happens as far as women, because we're hearing a lot of different stories now. We're hearing that women, you know, have shut themselves down and closed themselves off, you know, sexually. And then we're also hearing that after 40, women realize how amazing and powerful they are and they have a comeback. (laughs) And that testosterone has a little kick, a little fire, and they just feel hot, and ready to go. <laughs> so it's like after the kids have graduated or left the house, you know, whichever happens, you know, women hit that that uh, nitrous oxide button like in Fast and Furious and boom, they're just like, you're on my schedule now. This is I run this. <laughs> but why is it 18 for boys and 40 for women as a sexual peak? That's a that's a really odd thing, like if you really think about it, because say you get married at 18 and the man is at his sexual peak and he is loving on his wife, loving on, you know, 18 and 18, whatever. And then whatever happens in between at 40, she's like, now I'm ready to go. I'm <laughs> like, that amazes me. That's funny to me. But also. What is it? What is he going to go through during all this time as an 18 year old? Mentally, economically. To structure his mind and how he's going to act that interacts with the science of what we are. And like I said, that just. I don't know. I don't know. We'll come back to that. But. One thing I had to make a note of this is that for men, sex is an addiction. Like I said, 
in the porn world and pornography world is 75% male, 25% female. And I guarantee you, for a lot of ladies, you go to JCPenney's, you go to the, most of these outlet stores and these places that have a lot of clothing, you know, vendors. It is 75% geared toward the woman. The, the little male area is just squished over to the side. It's like you get like uh, um, JCPenney's <laughs> and basically uh, 15% of the store is for men. The, the other 85% is all female and kids, which is kind of like really stereotypical if you think about it, because they're kind of saying that women, the women and the kids will be together, um, which women have taken on that responsibility in a great fashion to do an amazing job. We need to catch up and help and do better. Um, but for men, sex cheating and the way our mind is structured to look at women is an addiction and addiction is life. So here's the thing. If you tell somebody don't cheat, don't drink, don't gamble, don't lie. You have to find a healthy alternative to replace that negative behavior. These addictions are proven. I mean, what do you need from me? <laughs> the meth, we're on it. The vapes, the, the cigarette commercials, the alcohol addiction. I mean, people are dying of these things. You're going to the funeral of these addictions. And these addictions have nothing to do with sex. People are dying from these things. So in theory, people are choosing death because of their satisfaction. So you ask the question, why are men cheating? Why are women cheating? Why is anybody cheating? Well, my question to you is, why don't we understand our addictions better? Why don't we understand our science better? Why don't we understand our body better? Fill that void before they can. Don't hurt them. Don't yell at them. Don't beat them. Don't ridicule them if you love them. Find a healthy solution. And that's why I said at the beginning, ask the hard questions up front. If you, you shouldn't have to ask these questions, but hey, have you ever cheated? Why did you cheat? Now, if they did and they lie, <laughs> oh, man. And then you find out about it later. You, now you know why I said you need to ask those questions. But if you ask a question up front, hey, have you ever cheated? And they say no. And you ask, well, what would cause you to cheat? You just gain the, king, the keys to the kingdom if they answer. Well, I just like to feel like, you know, I'm needed. I just like to feel like, you know, at the end of a hard day, I can just get a hug. Like, that's it. Or I need to have sex this many times a week or whatever. Whatever they say is never too much. Because you can negotiate and work with that. You really can. 
Because what I found, <laughs> a lot of people have something in their head as a fantasy that they really want. But then once you get that and you, you, you can check it off the list, you don't, you don't need to go to Disneyland every day of the week. You don't need to watch Avengers Endgame or watch the uh, Super Bowl or Super Bowl winning team. You don't need to watch it every week. After a while, I'd be like, man, like I'm kind of bored. Like, let's go do something else. Let's go for a walk. <laughs> let's go get a Manny Petty. Let's go do that cooking class. Like, I kind of need to do something else. Check that off the list. But addiction is life. So healthy behaviors or habits should be applied. They should be applied. <coughs> excuse me. Into as many relationship aspects as possible. If you are good at anything, take the notes from that and use it in your relationship. Use it in your dating. Use it in your marriage. How you think and how you feel is an amazing commodity. It is an amazing ability. But I'll tell you what, how you think and how you feel isn't how you got successful and where you are today. There was some planning. There was some strategy. There was definitely some things you did not want to do. But there was planning. There was strategy. There was communication. And if you're an athlete, there were probably years and different types of scientists behind what you were doing that you have never even met, that you don't even know. So, Apply what you can when you can. But hey, you all, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to let our sponsors speak for a second and uh, cheer us on and give us a quick word. I'll be right back with you in just a moment. All right. So welcome back. We are in the why are you cheating scenarios? And, you know, I wanted to talk science a little bit. And hopefully I've gotten, you know, through that. That's kind of more of the boring part, but it is the most important part. Um, but I, I feel like we have failed in so many ways, failed to understand not just humanity, but men and women as the animals that we are. And I don't mean that in terms of like, oh, you're evolved from a monkey or homo erectus or, you know, caveman or whatever. I literally mean go to the zoo sometime and tell me that all of them things are the same. You tell me that an alligator and a polar bear and a lion and a crane and a, a moose and a shark eat the same thing. If you feed them the same thing, they'll die. If you put them in the same uh, habitat, they'll die. You can't treat them all the same. Your feelings and emotions will kill them. If left, you know, unattended or, you know, trained up the wrong way. So your feelings and emotions, you can't cater to the tigers, the lions, the leopards. You can't you can't treat all these animals the same way. We are an animal as well. And even in these species of animals, of birds, 
you will find that the male and female have different traits. And the zoologists break these down immediately. They know this. You know that a female dog and a male dog act different. You know that a female and a male cat act different. You know this. I'll slap you if you don't know it. I'm not really going to slap you. So why is it so hard to understand that while men and women are so much alike in the way we think and the way we feel and perceive things, we also are. It's okay for us to be different. It's okay. I love onions. I'll rub onions all over my body. Put them in all my food. My wife hates them. So guess what? When I'm cooking food, I got to put my stuff off to the side if I want to cook it. That's just food. Vegans, carnivores, onions. Don't ever put onions on my food. Bananas. I hate bananas. Ah, I don't I don't eat too much green beans. Ah, I don't eat pork. I, I don't eat any any shrimp. I don't eat seafood. I just don't like fish. That's, People have differences. People have different teams. America's team used to be the Cowboys. Now it's the Patriots. I don't care how much it makes you want to throw up or how excited you are and want to hug me right now. People are people. If you don't know how to assess and see each one person individually, it's going to be hard for you. You know that there's a Phillips and a flathead screwdriver. You know the difference between red and maroon. You know the difference between candy apple and hunter green. You know the difference between wedges and heels. You know the difference between track spikes and football cleats, soccer cleats. Don't tell me that you don't have this diversity game down. You do. You do. You know the difference between a shotgun shell and what goes in a nine. You know the difference between a Manny and a Petty. You know the difference. Please don't play. Don't play. So let's go to marriage. I think of all the cheating, of all the places where cheating can happen, this is the most volatile, the most nasty place. And I'm going to say something and hopefully you're not wrong. Uh, Hopefully you're not mad at me after I say it, but I'm going to say it and then I'm going to move on. Marriage material. I'm talking about men. Marriage material. Men look far better on paper than they do in real life. So guess what? The best husband for you on paper might not look like Shamar Moore, might not look like Bradley Cooper, might not look like Tay Diggs, might not look like Denzel Washington. He might not look like one of the guys from InSync or Backstreet Boys. He's not going to look like the Jonas Brother guys until he proves himself on that paper. Now, how do you get those contents of that paper? You got to ask those hard five questions in the beginning. I mean, it might just be three. You never know. I mean, I had it broken down in the beginning to, you know, God, what is God? Family, what is family? Your expectation for family. Sex, what is your expectation for sex? Money, what is your expectation for money and handling money? How are you going to spend money? How are you going to save money 
401k, investments, annuities, how you're going to protect yourself, rainy day, we need this, we need that, breaks, all this, teeth done, dentist, all that. And then last, friendships. Those five things are the most powerful things in your life. God, family, sex, money, and friends. If you don't talk through those five things, I don't think you can really know and respect and love a person because there's going to be always something around the corner hiding. And in marriage, this is where cheating is. Cheating might be nasty in a relationship, but in a marriage, it is a grenade, it is a bomb. It blows up, it destroys everything. I mean, it affects so many things. It affects relationships. It can affect businesses. It can affect morale. It can affect whole companies. And not to mention the children, you know, if if you have children. So you just wonder, why do people cheat in a marriage? Well, it can save the marriage. As ironic as that sounds, maybe that woman or that man having that 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 cheat, they come back to their marriage. I mean, they might not ever say anything, but they come back to that marriage and they find the happiness outside of the home that they can't get inside of the home. Maybe it's an escape. Maybe they hate where they're at right now. Maybe they hate who they're married to and they just want to, you know, I mean, they're they're depressed, they're hurt, they're crying inside, they want to commit suicide, they're doing all these things, and the only place and they can, you know, only place they can get that escape is that cheating. So these are all messed up things. But like I said, when you're asking those hard five questions and, the, and talking about those hard five things in the beginning, you start to pull these things out in your marriage counseling, in your talks. You start to pull these things out because we know, like we know that in a marriage, they say till death do us part. And we have the worst part for better, for worse. There isn't an or because I think people put the or in there when they hear for, for better or for worse. No, it's for better, for worse. So that means your marriage should last the, the summer and the winter. But if divorce is on the table, it's on the table. I'm sorry. And a lot of times, because we don't dig into those five topics well enough in the beginning, you, you never really married that person. You married the, the, the face of the card. You didn't flip it over and see the design on the back, the pattern and the grooves and the scars and the, the baggage and the history. <laughs> you didn't know that. And then here's the sad part. You dig into that person well enough without hurting them, without exploiting them and running them off. If you dig into that person well enough and have the right conversations, you end up turning somebody that could be a nightmare into a dream. And you don't do this by annoying them. You don't do this by constantly picking them. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Like you don't want anybody doing that to you. But you have to find a quality way to engage with people if this is your fear. Now, 
here's the thing. Should some men or women come ready to talk about these things? Well, of course. Of course they should. But what if they cheated? And at a time and a moment of weakness, they were hurt and didn't understand what they were really doing because the person that was hurting them had shut themselves off. I mean, I don't know what happens to people when they get driven to, like I said, addictions. These are addictions. When you can't get something out of your head and a solution constantly comes back to you that is not healthy, to me, that's an addiction. I mean, success can be an addiction, but we're not talking about things that people enjoy. So, I don't know, the other thing I, I, I had as a note is sometimes it's people just catching up to um, a denied pleasure or a denied desire. Your wife, your husband, if they've been good to you, they've been nice and they've been asking, hey, can we just let's get together? Let's do this. Or, you know, she's saying, let's get together. Let's do this. And you're constant, constantly denying them. Well, what you won't give, someone else will. That's how we're built. And women love picking on married men. You know, I, I have an Instagram account <laughs> for my Make It Plain podcast. I get messages in there all the time. It's great. But I also have an Instagram account. That has my wife and my daughter in it. And that's where all the women send stuff. <laughs> so it. On one note for me, it's. It is a world where I value respect and love women, but I also understand that because of the way the world is built, women do come after married men. So if you are married, please understand you're not protecting that man by being mean to him and saying, stay away from these hoes or you better not be cheating on me. Or if you cheat on me, I'll take you for everything you got. I'll I'll kill it. You know, I'll shut all this down, blah, blah, blah. You're not protecting him from that. Like who wants to feel good about something with fear? Why not develop a healthy marriage where the thing you're worried about is no longer a problem? Because trust and believe. If all I eat is the, the Popeye's chicken sandwich every day or whenever I want chicken, at some point, I'm not going to want it. Like the Chick-fil-A sandwich, the Wendy's sandwich, whatever sandwich it is. If that's the only time I get to eat chicken is that. After a while, I'm not going to want it anymore. And if you come yelling at me, telling me if you go out eating other food, and that's like talking through the teeth, eating other food. If that's the only food that I can eat when I go out to a restaurant, after a while, I'm just not I'm not going to want it. But then guess what happens when somebody is cooking and it's smelling good? I'm like, God, what is that? <laughs> My God, that smells good. Like, what is that smell? Like, it kind of smells like a chicken sandwich, but better. The grass is greener on the other side. So by yelling and demanding something that 
really we should have worked on and talked about as a team. Now you're in the uh, Kevin Durant territory where you're switching teams. You're LeBron where you got to take your talents to South Beach and then back to Cleveland and, you know, now to L.A. So it's like, uh, if anything, like we've learned something from these athletes now. You learn that you don't have to stick with one franchise forever. You can change. Michael Jordan played for uh, for a couple of teams. People forget that. <laughs> so... Are people just trying to catch up to a denied pleasure? And how do you get that? Like, how do you get that more in your marriage, more in your relationship when you're getting less sleep, you're working more, you've got kids. And then some, I think for some men, they just don't want to bother their wife. They're like, why would I want to bother her with this? Yes, this is her body. Your body is her body and her body is your body. So, you know, technically you own each other. You have that ownership of each other. You're, you, you both own the land. You both own each other. It's, it's a, a dual partisanship. <laughs> but you don't want to bother them. So it's like, now I kind of understand why when a woman is hitting on a man and he doesn't feel like being a burden to his wife because she keeps saying, no, I'm too tired. How about Wednesday? I can't, you know, you know, I, it's just not the right time. Oh, I, I got to go do this. You just have this whole list of things. Because of that temporary moment in time, you guys aren't connected. You guys aren't clicking. You know. It happens. But we should anticipate that the best offense is a defense and defenses are filled with many types of emotion. There's guys smiling because they can see an interception coming. There's guys breathing heavy mouth breathers. There's guys that are balanced and completely clear in their mind. They're on the beach, but in the game, you'll see a beast ready to, you know, rip somebody in half. Defenses are built with so many different types of mindsets. The linemen have been doing this for so long and they're so powerful that they're like elephants, like woolly mammoths. All they're thinking is power, stop the ball, run, power, move to the left, run in the ball, wide receiver, protect the quarterback. Like they have all these things in their mind. So defense doesn't just have one mindset. If you want to defend your home, defend your marriage, Defend that man. Those conversations, you're actually defending his heart, his mind, his body from himself. This is something, if anything, I think, men, we've proven we need help with. Because of what I'm going to close with here. Men, we don't really engage in foreplay. It has to be taught to you. And out of respect and love for the woman, you take something that will affect this woman inwardly and use it in an outward fashion for her. But we live in a visually hyper mindset. 
There are so many things to click on, hit and engage a man's mind. And this is where companies have gotten inside the man. Study how these companies have gotten inside the man. Women that know how to control a man know what I'm talking about. Once you know you're in somebody's head, you've got them. And the people that understand how to get in people's head have penetrated and have, I want to say in a way, they have had sex with them and planted in them something that can almost never be removed. It is a pathway, a road, a street. It's a Google Maps that it, it might always be there. You can put up roadblocks if you want, but for men, we live in a visually hyper mindset with ESPN, with pornography, with the marketing of things, with commercials, with movies, with how things are marketed, how things are sold. We live in a hyper visual mindset. So you got to wonder, what is it that ultimately drives a man to turn his heart off, his mind off and just go to the testosterone Just go to the sex. Just go to that moment of pleasure and cheat on his wife. Cheat on his girlfriend or cheat on the girl he just started dating. What could possibly drive something like that? Is it women's clothing? Is it the apparel? Is it what he saw on TV? Is it the programs, the programming? Is it the pheromones scented and unscented on a woman? Is it springtime? Oh, let me go pray. Let me go repent. (laughs) <laughs> I had a friend of mine tell me that. I said, bro, I just, I just, I just really got to pray. You know, the springtime is really hard for me. And I just, I, I, I just got to be careful. You know, I love my wife, but you know, it's my biggest time of weakness. And, you know, I just, I'm not happy with myself and I just, I just want to be strong. I want to be there for her, you know? And I mean, It was so hard for me to hear that because what I'm hearing is he thinks he's evil. (laughs) And I'm saying, no, you just don't understand your science. In the wintertime, you need just as much water in your body as you do in the summertime. The only difference is because you don't have the heat and the sweat that you would in the summertime, you don't think you need as much water, but you do. In the wintertime, it's easier to get sick because we have less hydration and more germs active on door handles, gym equipment, in the air. And there isn't much opportunity to get fresh air and and freshen up the place and move that out. So we go, you know, what, five or six months with all of these bad things consistently circulating through the air, dry, thirsty. So then when life, that moment of life comes, everything blooms. And whether you realize it or not, everything about you that the earth gives is increased. The sun, the gravitational pull, the flowers, the things that bloom, the allergies, You react to all these things and it's all rising at that time. 
So when women put their sundresses on and the wedges and they want to look good and show the calves and the pedicures and how good their legs look, you're a part of this too. We all want to come out for the show. We all want to look good because it's all about mating. It's, it's mating season, still mating season. Just because we have jobs and careers and we're on LinkedIn doesn't mean that we can deny the desire to have sex and put people on this planet. That is our number one. That is our number one. And when you look at just the body, just the way the body is built, you don't need lovemaking scenes in movies, but we put them in there anyway. Babies need breast milk. Babies need to be fed. We need to mate. We need to have sex. So that need should be taken care of. That need should be something that we monitor a little bit better. You're going to walk your dog three times a day. You're going to make sure your dog goes out at 6 a.m. to use the bathroom because you know his schedule. Know a man's schedule. And men, please learn the woman's schedule too. One of the things I think that pushes men into cheating the most is not learning that they could increase and give something to a woman and taking care of the kids and doing some type of chore, something that would make her feel free to where she would feel like, wow, now that I don't have to deal about this, I can, wow, enjoy this energy I have now because I've been doing all 47 things I do every day. I actually have some sexual energy. I actually have some, you know, zip, some zing. That's a great thing. So, Why do men cheat? Why do women cheat? Why do we all cheat? We cheat to reach a goal. And it is a goal that we don't feel we've reached with our partner. Our husband, our wife. We just want to feel good. We really do. We want to feel good. And if you've had Thanksgiving dinner or eaten and you're full, how hungry can you really be for more food when you leave that restaurant? I don't know about you, but if I can't eat it, I put it in a to-go box and save it for later. How hungry can you be when you've been fed well? And now here's the thing. I know this now as an athlete, as a runner and having, you know, reflux for a while. If you're overeating, it it will mess you up. It will mess your body up. Same thing with sex, same thing with cheating. If you have too much, it comes back to haunt you at some point. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. Maybe you maybe that's what you guys want to do. Maybe you want to be swingers. Maybe you want to invite somebody in every now and then. I don't know. I don't know what you what you're going to do. I don't know what you can handle. I don't know if you what you signed up for. I don't know your marriage. I don't know what you all want. But I do I do know this. If you put the energy into your marriage the same way you put into what you are successful in. I said this earlier. You will know it better. And you have to be kind of honest because at first you'll be like, "Nah, I'm I'm not listening to what he said. Like I feel the way I feel. I like what I like." 
And I'm not I'm not looking at any 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 different because the way I look at it is the way I look at it. And when I married this man, I thought this way. Oh, really? Well, if you've been married for more than 10 or 20 years, I guarantee you have changed. I guarantee. And if you're just getting married, if you're just getting married, I guarantee the life you're going to live will change your mind, your body, your expectations, your fears, even the way you smell and eat sometimes. All this stuff changes. I don't care how my face looks on my driver's license. They say black don't crack. That's on the outside. On the inside. Come on, y'all. Let's be honest here. So. Why do people cheat? Number one answer. They don't feel like they are connected. They don't feel like. They're being heard. Now, here's the thing. Those five questions, those those five topics, God, family, sex, money, and friends. When you're digging into those topics and asking those hard questions, not being annoying, just talking. Some people... (laughs) They need a lot of work done. And some people have no business dating in the first place. Some people are so much of a hazard. They should be put in those like yellow hazard barrels with the label on. They shouldn't even be allowed in in gen pop. (laughs) Like they shouldn't even be allowed in a prison. That's how contaminated they are. There are some people where if you don't know it. Will do nothing but contaminate you. So they're a cheater before they even came on the date. They're toxic before they even came on the date. And the sad part is they weren't always this way. Someone corrupted them. Someone damaged them. Someone hurt them. And what you got to do is you got to remove that hurt. You got to get that hurt out. Now, if you don't care and you're just like, I don't care what they do as long as they come home to me and I'll never find out about them. That's your world. You go ahead and do you. But what I'm saying is, if you have a worry, a care, or a concern, you owe it to yourself to talk to those people. If they still want to, if they still want to get after it and chase women or men, I don't, I don't know what you're into. (laughs) Even after you've dug in to, to answer those hard questions, you know, that's sad. And if divorce is the thing that gives you peace and you want to throw grenades and grenade launchers and set everything on fire, you know, I if you if you're open and front upfront, honest with each other and they still after that, I, I do understand. I mean, it does get nasty. But if someone expresses to you, hey, I have a need and a desire and I'm hurting. That's that addiction talking. Like I said, you can't fill an addiction with fear. You can't feel it. I mean, we're going to hold a gun to his mom's head. You cheat on me, I'll kill your mom. (laughs) That's about the only thing. And it's like, would you really want to live your life like that? You can't fill a void with fear. It's, It's never really filled. Fill it with you. 
be the solution. You want me to stop eating candy? Let's go get some more fruit. Or find something, you know, a little bit more healthy to eat. How about instead of eating Starburst and Snickers every day, all day, I have, I don't know, some Doritos. Let's work. Let's work on it. You know, go from Doritos to, to Tostitos. Go from Tostitos to Pringles. And, you know, Pringles to apples. Apples to bananas. Bananas to mangoes and pineapples. Let's work on it. So, hey, I've talked to you up enough. We've talked about science. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about psychology. But I, I want you all to feel fed. I want you all to know that you're loved and taken care of. That's why I call this elevated friendship. So, <sighs> how do you even end something like this? <laughs> Don't cheat. Talk to one another. And if, you, if you're with a cheater, you don't have to call them out and, and be mad and be angry at them. Just ask, you know, hey, like, where should we really go here? If I talk to you and we work on this, can we work on it? If they agree, awesome. But if they're just if they're not trying to work on it at all or do anything, then, hey, I get it. I understand. But you shouldn't dictate everything off of them cheating. Put, put some plugs in, put some stops in so that you get some control as well. All right. I love you. I hope you all love me back. Have a great week, a great weekend. Share, send, like, and uh, definitely share this with your you know friends and peers because I want to help you. I want to build you up. I'll see you soon. I love you. Hope you love me back.